Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Like mine with lettuce and tomato, French fried pickles, something and potato, <laughs> cheeseburger in paradise. Paradise. <laughs> this is welcome back to shit. Welcome back to shit. Your shrink thinks this is an episode about ADHD. We were trying to find a song about ADHD, and I just thought Jimmy Buffett. Talking about a cheeseburger was the closest thing I was going to get to You know what, that though? Today. To some degree, that is like ADHD, though, because you're trying to think of one thing and a different thing pops in. Yeah. So I think it works. I think cheeseburger in paradise works. <laughs> the, in- the inevitable. <laughs> yeah. I was I was really trying to think hard about a song about this, and then it was just like, I like my lettuce and tomato. So I just, that's where we're going. Very ADHD. So folks, this... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, folks, this is our show. This is Shit Your Shrink Thinks. It is a podcast where two shrinks tell you what we think about life, mental health. We give you some facts about mental health and wellness. We try to make it funny along the way. We also try out these skills and learning materials that we have given and see how they go for us. Mm -hmm. And it sometimes goes okay. And... Many times doesn't, yeah. and so I think it can be validating for the listeners also to hear two shrinks actually trying the skills that we are gifting. Yeah, cheaper than therapy. Yeah. Something to try. Ah, uh. yes. So another thing we like to do on this podcast is tell a what's good story, something that maybe the other host doesn't know about us, or just a fun story from our past, or just something that's uplifting and and enjoyable. So Sunny, what is your what's good for this week? My what's good for this week is that uh, I've been able to get outside a whole bunch. So I it's simple, but I am, it is very clear to me that I have seasonal problems. <laughs> and when the sun comes back out, I, I had a lot of sunshine this week and I felt immediately good again. My body felt immediately good. Yeah. My uh, significant other basically said like, I don't I don't know if we're always going to be able to be in a climate where it snows. Like you are n- not well. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to move somewhere that's always warm. Yeah. 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 One day. I mean not not urgently, but yeah, it became it's becoming clear every year in the spring it becomes clear. And uh yeah, so and then I got to look up like bulbs. I know this is very old ladyish, but I was looking up like spring flowers and stuff. Flowers yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I've learned that I've missed my opportunity for many bulbs because apparently they have to like sit in the cold from fall until spring. Something about the cold like helps them gather nutrition from the soil. I did not know anything about this. So I was learning about like tulips and daffodils and that was nice. So I think I'm just going to go with some like and I also learned the difference between perennial and annual this mm. this week. So yes. yeah, I'm gonna go with some perennial annual wildflowers. 
Okay. Just because they are easy. <laughs> and I'm not talented in that department, but I love to try and I love a flower. So just spring things, just trying to get in the spring Springy zone. mood. Yeah. That's yeah. so fun. Yeah. I, I The weather yeah. has... Today is not so much. We got another, you know, winter walk back in and was like, I got another thing. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, we have had a couple of nice days. Uh. <laughs> another thing. Yeah. I did wake up in the middle of the night last night and see everything was covered in snow. Yes. And I thought I was in a dream. I was like, where am I? Like, what? Because no. I do sleepwalk. So I thought, <laughs> okay, right. is that... What I'm doing now, uh, I wasn't. We need more yeah. sleepwalking stories. I want to hear more of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I probably could hit you with one of those. I, I think I've told the story of my uh, sibling, yes. me finding this person in the middle of the room. Yeah. And I've told, have I told the story of me launching off of my bunk bed in college? I don't think so. Not that one. Okay. Yeah, I can add that to the what's good. So I'm a sleepwalker. For those of you who do not know that, you can go back to the episodes on sleep disturbances or sleep (laughs) issues. And I disclose a little bit about my sleep issues. But one of the things that I used to do when I was an undergraduate is I slept on the top bunk and we had set it up incorrectly as if it was like a cage. And so I didn't know where the ladder was. Like the, the ladder was like incorrectly attached. Okay. And so when I was climbing down in the morning, I had to like climb down very carefully. But when I was sleepwalking, apparently I turned into Spider-Man and I would jump off of the top of it and just land like, like kind superhero, of superhero pose. pose. Oh my God. Yeah. In the night, like with my eye. I mean, you have your eyes open usually when you sleepwalk. You're just not totally there. Yeah. yeah. And I would just like land superhero pose and then go into the fridge and eat something and then just climb back in there. Yeah. And I mean, if you had a bunk bed, was there somebody underneath then that like witnessed yes. this and was terrified? Yeah. yeah. My 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 uh, best friend, yeah, she um she has seen it all. <laughs> she she would just like <laughs> hunker down and try not to be seen essentially. Just by, hide until your by, episode's completed. Yeah, by the demonic force that was inhabiting <laughs> me. <laughs> so yeah, that's a I can add that as a second what's good today as a sleepwalk story. Uh, what about you? What's good with you this week? My what's good is just a little interesting fact about Dr. Seuss. Okay. Apparently, he wrote the story Green Eggs and Ham on a bet. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. His editor, Theodore Giesel, yeah, I might be mispronouncing okay. that, mm-hmm. didn't sure. believe that the author could write a book in 50 words or less. So only 50 words in the book. And so he mm-hmm. wrote Green Eggs and Ham with exactly 50 words. <laughs> oh, that's that's tremendous. And it was popular too. It is. So. It's a really popular one. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. I I uh I think Green Eggs and Ham was the first book I read ever. Really? So, yeah, yeah. And the second book was not The like Hobbit. Green Eggs. Oh my god, you jump from Green Eggs and Ham to The yeah. Hobbit? Yeah. Yeah, what that's the story of my life right of... there. God. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> Baptism by fire. Was like, I was still reading was green like eggs and ham type words. shit in high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. Sam, I am. <laughs> Sam, I am was like a high pressure salesman. That's for sure. He was. He was. So what did you try for outside of podcast experimentation? I believe mine was to continue working on gratitude. Yeah. Attitude of gratitude, for sure. I had... A few moments that I, like, did great, and then I definitely had a few pity parties as well. So 
mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes. The party of the pity, the pity of the party. I have one of those very often. It always, it's never complete without the thought, like, I have the hardest thing. Yes. And my thing is always so hard. Yep. And you know what? I think it's, like, just part of the process. It is. It's it's hard to always stay in that attitude of gratitude. I mean, I know that when I do, I always feel better and I act better. And But, yep. you know, we can't we can't always be floating fairies. It's a rotating skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a rotating skill. I just, I'm like, use it when you need it sort of thing. We got lots of skills in our tool belt, so you, you try it out when you can, yes. essentially. How did your homework go? Well, I kept reading. I kept doing bibliotherapy, reading, like, different kinds of self-help books. Um, So that was interesting and useful. Um, And I think I'm going to transition away from that a little bit now and to try and get into mindfulness and to see how that goes. I started getting back on the mindfulness train yesterday, actually. Hmm. So I'm going to try and do it for a week and see if I see the advantages. Oh, no, the day before yesterday. So I've got a string of two days in a row. What's up? And I haven't really noticed anything yet, to be perfectly honest. Like, I am not a magically better person. I wasn't, like, sleeping better or, like, losing weight or whatever. (laughs) I didn't, you know. So I'll let you guys know. I think it probably takes more than two days. (laughs) Yeah, probably a little bit, yeah. I think you were also going to just try to be more empathetic towards your ADHD loved ones. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I have been doing good at that. Except for, you know what, I would say, it's so funny, maybe I started the mindfulness because I was like, oh, Aisha, help me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I think I was pretty good about that for probably like five days. And then I also had a, I have a really high caseload of folks with ADHD. And then I also supervise students who, and we got an influx of people with ADHD. There's like an Adderall shortage right now. I don't know. (laughs) anybody noticed that or has is dealing with that but in now times and podcast times there's like stimulant shortages for ADHD management so people are coming to therapy yeah so I was doing pretty good on the empathy train for loved ones and then I think I just like something snapped in my brain I wasn't doing like great self-care so then (laughs) literally this morning I was talking to one of my loved ones with ADHD and I was like Oh, I've said this thing so many times. <laughs> I just like got up and like went to a different place. I was like, I just gotta, I'm just gonna meditate. Just gotta go and disconnect for a hot minute. Yeah. Or fully. Exactly. I mean, so my goodness, okay. you are connecting, but you're connecting with, you know, me. Yes. Yeah. In some me time. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried. I did my best. It was medium. Fair enough. So based on, you know, kind of some of this homework, you know that we're doing part two of ADHD today. And what we wanted to talk about is starting out with some of the potential causes of ADHD. As a review last week, we kind of talked about like the criteria for ADHD and how prevalent it is and uh, who has, who expresses more symptoms. So go on and check that out if you haven't already. And this week, we're going to talk a little bit about what causes ADHD. So We can start by saying that the exact cause of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, it's not fully understood yet. Much like most mental health, like this is not going to be a different thing. We are still in the dark ages. We don't totally know. Um, But we have some ideas. So uh, research suggests that it is a complicated disorder. It's got a combination of factors that cause it, and it looks different in different people. So it's, it's expressed differently among different crowds. 
Um, we expect there's a genetic predisposition, some neurobiological differences in people with ADHD, and environmental factors that make it kind of expressed more or less, depending on where you are. Yeah. So we so the factors that have been linked to ADHD, we'll kind of go through them. So what's the first thing that we know for sure about ADHD? That's genetics. So like yeah. many disorders, ADHD tends to run in families with a strong genetic yeah. component. Studies have shown that genes related to dopamine signaling and neurotransmitter regulation may be involved. Yeah. And we also know that ADHD is associated with differences in brain structure and function. So we know that, you know, siblings are more likely to have ADHD. Uh, people who are related are more likely to have ADHD. So if your grandpa has ADHD and your dad has ADHD, you are more likely to have ADHD. Mm -hmm. And what they're finding is that they're there are some differences in brain structure and function, so uh, particularly areas of the brain responsible for attention, motivation, and impulse control. Um, those seem to be functioning differently. I wouldn't say they're functioning less. They're just functioning differently. And I think it would be mm, maybe an oversimplification if we just said, like, oh, folks with ADHD have a less active prefrontal cortex. I mean... We can see in fMRI studies and different brain scans that, okay, a structure might look slightly less large or light up less in regards to blood flow to that area, but we don't always know what that means mm -hmm. yet. Like, it, it's kind of a chicken or the egg phenomenon. It's like, well, is it because you, like, have a harder time paying attention that these parts of the brain are less active later on in life because it's like a muscle you don't use, or is it that's the cause. We don't really know. So these sorts of studies aren't <laughs> the most helpful, but we do know that we see differences in levels of neurotransmitters like dopamine, neuroepinephrine, and serotonin that may play a role. I think acetylcholine too. And so it's just something to keep in mind that there are differences in like brain the, structure. The, yeah. Yeah. The size of the structures as well as like the amount of neurotransmitters as well as the amount of neurons in that area of the brain. But we don't know what it really means. We just know there's a difference. Yeah. And environmental factors, like like a lot of diagnoses, can play a role. So a range of them have been linked to ADHD, including prenatal exposure to toxins like lead, alcohol, and tobacco, premature birth weight, premature birth or low birth weight, and exposure to high levels of stress or trauma. Absolutely. I have a pet theory that... Um... Lots of the weird stuff that we put in foods now probably is not helping people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I like I especially yeah. America has a lot of weird standards that are allowed that aren't allowed elsewhere that I think is very true. not helpful <laughs> in a lot yeah. of ways. <laughs> yeah. I have a student in one of my classes. She's from uh, Europe somewhere, somewhere in Europe, I will say. And uh, she was telling me that high fructose corn syrup is not allowed in the European Union. Wow. Isn't that interesting. Or allowed where she is, let's just say that. Um, and I don't think allowed in the European Union, although that part could be um, an addition that I made up. But yeah, it's not allowed where she's from. And uh, she was saying that the standard is that it has to be proven that the chemical is safe, not that it isn't causing harm, right? So you have to, the, the, yeah, like, like in right. America, it's like, well, we can't prove that this causes harm, so it's probably fine. Whereas in Europe, it's like, we have to prove that it is safe. That's right. That's a very different bar. And I think things like, you know, I I really wonder about, like, uh, how we treat 
like how we chemically treat our like produce and meat mm-hmm. um, with like hormonal changes or with like pesticides. Um, they did a study recently in uh, Sweden where they had people eat a diet that was typical and then an organic diet, and they saw like pesticides in the in their urine levels change. Wow! And I just have a hard time believing that that doesn't impact like brain structure and function mm-hmm. in a child. Um, and not that it would necessarily be like, oh, this makes someone bad, more that it like probably distresses the area a little bit and signals to the fetus that like you need to be, <laughs> maybe it signals, you know, you need to be a, a very alert and always scanning. Who knows, right? right? We don't know how it would change, but I would assume that it does have an impact. It would be, I would be hard pressed to believe that that's not reality, but that's my that's my uh, that's my theory. Off the wall theory today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is nothing provable. I cannot prove this. No, no. But <laughs> that's just I think, my yeah, theory. But I think that it is a good theory. It seems to make yeah. sense from our perspective. <laughs> yeah, I also think it's like associated with hormonal problems and all sorts of oh yeah, problems, that makes but, sense too. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. We've also got other medical conditions which can um, cause ADHD or kind of. Uh, exacerbate the symptoms, mm. let's say. So sleep disorder is actually what we were talking about earlier. So if you're not sleeping well, that's like kryptonite for people with ADHD. It will be expressed so much more highly if you are not sleeping well. Um, thyroid disorders. So hyperthyroidism makes folks kind of like jittery, anxious. And so you would imagine that combine that with ADHD and it's expressed on the higher end then. Seizure disorders, of course, and then any other medical disorders that may mimic the symptoms of ADHD could also uh, make it, cause it to express more highly. Yeah. And it is important to note that while all these factors have been linked to ADHD, they do not necessarily cause the disorder on their own. So, you know... ADHD is more likely the result of the complex interplay between the genetic, neurobiological, and environmental factors. Yeah, yeah. So, and then I have another pet theory, which is I think ADHD probably evolved because in some level it's adaptive. Like there are research studies to show that there are strengths associated with ADHD. And so I would assume there are certain environments where having ADHD is actually really beneficial for people. So I don't, I don't think like, I generally expect that anything that is neurodivergent evolves for a reason in Mm -hmm. some cases. So yeah. And actually that kind of leads into our next segment really nicely. So ADHD, it's often viewed as like with a negative tinge or a problematic condition. And Although in our current society it does cause, it can cause significant issues, it it has strengths associated with it and positive qualities. And so we wanted to make sure to go through some of the positive qualities as well. I thought, you know, we don't do that with a lot of things like anxiety or depression, but there are even positive qualities associated with like mood disorders and PTSD. But I I think that people find that invalidating a lot of times <laughs> like true well, yeah 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 if you're depressed you can write one hell of a poem like nobody <laughs> wants to, uh, nobody wants to hear that or like well trauma is actually associated with traumatic growth and like i guess we could do if if audience demanded it upsides of different like mental health conditions because there are those sure uh, but this one seemed like one where it's like adhd in and of itself doesn't cause people to feel bad necessarily. It's like how society surrounds ADHD yeah. that causes people to feel right. bad. And so I wanted people to know that they're not actually like yeah. a problem. It's kind of just the way we structure society. Right. It's it's the way society approaches it that's kind of the problem. 
Yeah, yeah. Which is like, where whereas depression, it's like, yeah, the way society approaches it is definitely a problem. And also, you would just still feel like shit right. even if society approached it well. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> like, good, good information. Anyway, so what's one strength of people with ADHD? One strength is creativity. So many people with ADHD are known for their creativity and original thinking. They may approach their problems or challenges in unconventional ways and come up with innovative solutions. So because of their the way that their thinking patterns and brain structure is different allows them to see things a little bit differently and try things a little bit differently, which. Yeah, I read a study a while ago where it had it had a group of people with ADHD and a group of people without ADHD. And it told the group of both groups of people, hey, let's let's see you solve this problem and come up with as many different solutions as you can. And the groups were about comparable in how many solutions they generated for this problem. But when you offered ADHD people a reward, <laughs> they doubled. They doubled the output of solutions that people who did not have ADHD had. So I just thought That's that was cool. really interesting. Yeah. yeah, like if you incentivize people with ADHD, they will change the world. <laughs> they have to have a reward, but they will be, get really creative up in there. So I thought that was really cool. That is really uh, cool. And Along those lines, people with ADHD often have high levels of energy and enthusiasm. It's really contagious and, and fun to be around, honestly. People with ADHD, uh, it makes them excellent collaborators and team members, and they may add general excitement, momentum, and energy to projects and ideas. So this is another thing. They're, they're a kind of a critical member of a team. They get things moving. They keep things moving. Yeah, and they keep it enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spice of life right there. Variety is the spice of life. Yes. What else have we got? We also have hyper-focus. So while ADHD can make it difficult to sustain attention on tasks, some people with ADHD also experience periods of hyper-focus or intense concentration. So during these times, they may be able to accomplish more tasks with exceptional focus and productivity. Yeah. If somebody with ADHD gets really, really interested and invested in something, it is like Nothing will stop them. They will solve that <laughs> problem. Will. Yeah, they're they're yeah. in it to win it, and they're going to go as deep yeah. down that rabbit hole as they need to. Yeah, they're going to halt heaven and earth, and I think that's great. Like, I think that's really, really a cool uh, thing to be able to do is hyper focus. I do not have that ability, so pretty amazing. Uh, that one I kind we, of do. I don't know if I don't know if it's relevant to that or not, but I have have that issue sometimes. And I say yeah. issue because it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Went down this rabbit hole for eight hours. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> now I know everything. Yeah. Uh, another one is spontaneity and adaptability. So people with ADHD may be more comfortable with change and unpredictability, which can make them adaptable and flexible in newer challenging situations. And they may be more likely to think on their feet and come up with creative solutions in the moment. So I will say this is not everybody with ADHD. Mm-hmm. This is like I can think about the people I know in my world with ADHD and some of them, they feel this way and they really like open ended things. But some of the people I know with ADHD have compensated and become really adept at creating a really good structure and routine. And that's how they get through things. And if you disrupt their structure, they really fall apart. So it kind of depends on how you've adapted over time. That makes sense. Which, you know, what one of these strengths works for you. Yeah. What else have we got? We also have empathy and emotional intensity. So some people with ADHD are highly sensitive to the emotions of others and may be able to pick up on the subtle cues or nonverbal communication. 
They may also experience emotions more intensely, which can be a source of empathy and emotional insight. Yeah, they're good friends. Yeah. They're good they're good people to like talk to about your problems. And again, this is like the same thing is at times this can be a really big strength. I've also had people with ADHD tell me that it's hard to pay attention all the way through an emotional conversation if they've had the emotional conversation before. Mm. So like first time demonstration of emotions, they're all over it. Um, and maybe like if it's the same thing again and again, they might have a harder time. So it's the balance. Yeah. And then problem solving. Uh, what I kind of said about the study with if you add rewards to their problem solving, then they will problem solve the shit out of something. So <laughs> they will find a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The way will be found. So these are some strengths. Uh, and but if you were still interested in treating ADHD and you really needed some options, what would be the options for treatment? Well, the good news is there are several options. So what's kind of the, the overview? The most effective treatments for ADHD typically involve a combination of medication, behavioral therapy, and lifestyle changes. So what are some examples? So a lot of times, particularly in youngins, they do a combo approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and this happens in adulthood too. But the most common, and keep in mind, we're not medical doctors, we don't prescribe medications, these are just kind of like the common ones. But usually there are stimulant medications that you use, like methylphenidate, which is Ritalin, or an amphetamine like uh, like Adderall, um, are often prescribed for ADHD. Fun fact, this is why when people with ADHD drink buttloads of coffee, they usually feel more focused rather than like jittery or anxious. kind of has to do with this. Uh So stimulants usually improve attention, focus, and impulse control, but there are some non-stimulant medications like Stratera or Intuitiv um, that you can use in some cases. And it kind of depends on the medication. Like sometimes you'll have a daily where you take it and it kind of builds up over time, almost like an antidepressant. In fact, I think there is an antidepressant that they're now using as a frontline mm. um, to help with ADHD. I want to, I don't know what it is. I want to say it's bupropion, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. That would um, make sense to me. And, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not sure either, but that, that one would make sense to me. Yeah. I'm not sure either, but yeah. So like you can use ones that build up over time and that like will last you Monday through Sunday, or you can just use kind of the daily doser ones, which are kind of the more stimulant medicines where it's like you take it when you need it. So it just kind of depends on what you need and everybody responds to the medicines really differently. So it wouldn't shock me if you were a person who needed to kind of like filter through several. Um, A lot of times, like I find that people with like mild or moderate can get away, mild or moderate ADHD can get away on the behavioral changes that we're going to talk about. But people with moderate to severe, like higher, higher level ADHD often have to go on the meds first to be able to get organizational structures in place Mm -hmm. and to be able to get the planning in place. And then maybe they can consider a time period off the meds. So it just depends on like how severely it's impacting your day to day also. Uh, I think everybody thinks it's like a death knell, like you have to be on something forever. And I don't know that that's necessarily true. It's like based on what's going on in your life at the time. So there are obviously behavioral changes and behavioral therapies that you can use with ADHD. So tell me about that. Behavioral therapy is a great way to help individuals with ADHD develop strategies for managing symptoms and improving their daily functioning. So examples of behavior therapy for ADHD may include cognitive behavioral therapy, that CBT that we often talk about, behavioral modification techniques, and parent training programs. 
oh yeah, the parent training or like even just having a conversation with the person's partner can be helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to kind of get them on the same page, but some of the behavioral changes that they talk about would, one would be creating a structured routine. So you got to establish a predictable routine for individuals with ADHD, managing time and staying on task. So like there's got to be regular schedules for like the big bare bones stuff. You can kind of flex around that, but you got to have a meal schedule. You got to have a sleep schedule. And people with ADHD, particularly the hyperactivity kind, really need exercise. Uh, so there needs to be an exercise schedule. And it's like, you do this thing at the same time every day. You know when this time hits, it is this time. And so like, it's easier to stay on task. And even having like a visual reminder on a board can be useful. And so we talk about like calendars or timers so that you can stay on track mm-hmm. and you know that this is the block of time that you're doing whatever. It's almost color coded. Yeah. And we know that these aids can break down tasks into smaller or more manageable steps and provide reminders of important deadlines and appointments. And you kind of got to use one. So like critical error that I see ADHD folks make is they'll, they'll use like a phone calendar, a planner, like a wall calendar, and they'll put it like different things in different places. It's like, no, get rid of all the other calendars. You have one calendar to rule them all. This is your calendar. And usually I recommend an hourly one. That makes sense. And the reason for hourly is you can break the tasks into smaller steps. So people with ADHD may struggle with tasks that require sustained attention or involve multiple steps. So breaking the tasks down into smaller more manageable steps can make them feel less overwhelmed and it can just feel easier to complete them. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is you got to have a positive reinforcer. Mm. So people with ADHD don't do great with punishment. They do way better with positive reinforcement. Uh, So you want something that is encouraging and is rewarding for a desirable behavior. Like if you get all your homework done, you get a bag of M&Ms or whatever. Um, So you got to help reinforce your behaviors and, you know, that will help you with motivation in the long run. Yeah. And you have to minimize the distractions, right? People with ADHD may be particularly sensitive to distractions in their environment. So minimize it by either turning off the TV or closing unnecessary browser tabs can really help improve focus and reduce that impulsivity. Yeah. And then developing coping strategies can also help. So like breathing, taking breaks, using fidget toys, all that can kind of help you manage and improve your focus. Um, I've also heard some stuff about brown noise, using brown noise in the background, but I don't know how effective that is. So hmm. yeah. Yeah. I was reading about it the other day. I was like, well, maybe I'm, yeah, I'm open, whatever. It's definitely possible. Who knows? It'd be, it'd be interesting yeah. to, maybe they'll do a research study on that one. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope. Let's all hope. So we also know that Uh, lifestyle changes can help with ADHD. So one that I talked about earlier is you got to get regular exercise. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's like really, really critical. I've talked about people with ADHD being like huskies. You got to run huskies. (laughs) They got to have a job. Like there's got to be a job and a task. Uh, Also eating a healthy diet really helps people with ADHD getting enough sleep and practicing stress management techniques like meditation or yoga. This is like, okay, yes, these are the bare bones. These are the basics for everybody. But for whatever reason, people with ADHD respond really highly to these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Like they're very sensitive yeah. to these adaptations. And so it's really critical that you do these things. Staying hydrated, like the basics really will improve somebody with ADHD's lifestyle. Yeah. And coaching and support, right? Coaching and support can be beneficial for individuals with ADHD. And it may include working with an ADHD coach, joining a support group, or seeking out a peer support system. 
I mean, yeah. somebody to help encourage you and kind of have that positive reinforcement for all the things that you're trying to do to help manage the symptoms that you're struggling with. Yeah. And finally, like you can involve your family. Yeah. So get an accountability buddy. Uh, so like, let's say you need a task that you have to get done this week and you have a best friend or something, ask them to check in with you every other day about like, how's that task going? Uh, what parts do you need to do? Just trying to redirect. Uh, or if you have a spouse or a sibling or whatever, a parent that can really help you and engage with you on your needs of how you need to manage the task that can be useful too is incorporating other people yeah and it is important to note that there is no one size fits all approach to treating adhd the best treatment plan will vary depending on the individual specific symptoms and needs Uh, a healthcare provider who is experienced in treating adhd can really help somebody develop that individualized treatment plan so i mean like every diagnosis it's not one size fits all It's best to seek out help and and have somebody help you figure out which plan is going to work best for you. And sometimes that's through trial and error, too. Right. It's the same thing as, like, how people with depression look really, really differently um, to, uh, like, some people with depression, for example, um, let's say... You know, you're kind of more the the sad prototype of depression. You're sad. You lay around in bed all day. You maybe overeat some food and you like kind of have a hard time motivating yourself. That can be one presentation of depression, whereas another presentation of depression could be you have like bodily aches and you have irritability Mm -hmm. and you have sleep disturbance and you're grumpy but you're doing stuff all day and maybe you're self-medicating with like booze or something so these two people look super different in the world (laughs) but they might both be diagnosed with depression it would be the same as adhd like an inattentive subtype of adhd person might look like somebody who's really quiet reserved like doesn't engage a whole lot kind of out in space, um, space cowboy activity, right? <laughs> Whereas like somebody with mixed type or just hyperactive type be kind of more in your face, talkative, extroverted, um, impulsive. And these two people are going to, like you would never guess they would both be diagnosed with the same condition. Yeah. And so in that way, the, the different things that are going to help them are going to be uh, worlds apart and also the different strengths they have are going to be worlds apart so don't be surprised if you if you are a person with ADHD you mean another person with ADHD and you expect you guys to have like the same stuff going on it may not be true yeah um that's what I, I think a lot of my clients say that they learn that in support groups are like whoa like that's <laughs> everybody how you here is very it? different yeah <laughs> yeah 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 this is like whoa and and it can be really validating but it's also like interesting that they see that there's a lot of different options out there for the experience of the condition so yeah I think that's a really good, good to thing to know mind. yeah yeah so based on this stuff what are we going to try for outside of session practice I think I am going to be aware for possible ADHD on my caseload. I think there's a few people that I'm starting to work with that I'm just starting to kind of pick apart what kind of diagnoses they are struggling Mm -hmm. with. And Mm -hmm. I'm not always great about looking for this. It's not Uh something I specialize in. Uh, Mm -hmm. So sometimes I don't always notice it or I'll like think it's like anxiety you know like I don't sometimes I misinterpret some of the cues and symptoms so I think I'm just going to try to look a little closer at some of my clients to see if this is possibly what's going on yeah what's hard in your clients too because a lot of them have like traumatic brain injury yeah mimic ADHD in a lot of ways yeah I do have so it's like (laughs) 
what in the shit? Like, it's really hard to differentiate. You have to get, like, a super good timeline. And then sometimes the clients that you have are not always, Good like, historians. They, yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't... They don't know. They're, it's like, I don't know. I had so much going on at that period of time. I don't know when this started or what caused it. And so, yeah, it's hard to know whether it's, like, TBI or if it's ADHD or if it's a medical condition or if it's a sleep disturbance. It's really hard in your group. So... I'm just going to validate the shit out of that. So I will do a, I will try, but yeah, I'm not sure that much. I think trying is all I'm asking for is that I kind of like say, is this a possibility? And that's, that's my homework. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I am going to try to go back to patience. (laughs) I just, ah, when I don't sleep, I am not the best person, but I think I'm going to try. I think I got to figure out like a phrase where I'm just like to kind of cue you into this, being empathetic towards it. Yeah, like a mental phrase. And I don't know what that mental phrase is going to be. Something like, I don't know. It's okay. This is not like this is not intentional. Right. Or you know, you can work around this or there are other strengths here. This was not um, personal. Yeah, this is not personal. Yeah, exactly. Just like a little phrase to be like, okay, this person is not asking you to repeat themselves cuz they don't care. They literally did not that that part did not go into their brain so we're gonna have to i always like the like it might not be fair but it's functional phrase Mm. like it doesn't really matter if you're all you got your fifis heard about it like it's just not gonna be useful to like i'm just very pragmatic at the end of the day like i would be one of those persons that if i was depressed i'd just be like grumpy and keep doing things (laughs) like like you know like i just like it's at the end of the day just very pragmatic like yeah, okay, you know, you have some sort of feeling about this, but you're going to have you're going to have to deal with that and move on cuz it's this is like there are a series of strengths and weaknesses that are associated with it. You're experiencing the weakness right now, but you also experience all the strengths that are associated with it. You get the bad of that. Yeah. So, you know, you got to kind of like look at take the good with the bad. Right. Reframe maybe, and maybe refocus. Maybe that's the phrase. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the phrase. Take the good with the bad. I like know? that phrase. I think that's a good phrase. It's a good way to kind of yeah. check yourself and be like, "All right, got to Yep, I like it. Check myself before I wreck myself, right. before I pop off with, with my loud mouth, <laughs> saying something dumb again. <laughs> so, do you have any jokes? I do for have me? one. Oh, hit me. I was told I need to stop listening to bad rap, participate in meetings, and pay more attention. Ugh, sounds terrible. So, I guess I need to stop, collaborate, and listen. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that was kind of ADHD focused. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually love that one a lot. Okay. I have, t- I have two ADHD specific Ooh, jokes. Yay, yay. Okay. What did the person with ADHD say to the other person with ADHD? I don't know. Literally everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And one more. How many kids with ADHD does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. Let's go ride our bikes. Oh, oh, <laughs> good pivot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's our episode today. Reminder, this is Shape Your Shrink Thinks. And we would so appreciate if you decided uh, to financially contribute. We do have a Patreon. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Shape Your Shrink Thinks. But if a financial donation is not an option, please do just 
like, subscribe, follow us, and, you know, feel free to give us a five-star review if you feel so in your heart about it, because that really helps us gain visibility and traction with other viewers, and that helps us gain popularity. Helps us grow. So thank you. Yeah. All that. Tell a friend. (laughs) Tell a friend. Exactly. Tell a friend. Yes. Well, we thank you all so much for your time this week and all of your life minutes, and we're looking forward to checking you out next week. Yeah. Talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.